Hi everyone, and welcome to the place where we discuss all things communication. This is Guide to Awesomeness, powered by Coldwell Banker, Ronan Realty. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a special episode of Guide to Awesomeness. Today, I'm joined with Jenny and Lisa from SHIFT, so that's Support and Hope for Individuals and Families Today, a group of individuals that are volunteers that uh, take time out of their own lives to support individuals that are struggling with food insecurities and homelessness. We want to talk about a special campaign that we have going on, as well as just talk a little bit more about SHIFT, what they are, what they do and how we can make sure that we support them and be a part of this community because in the end community is what brings us all together and what's what's most important is obviously the support that we provide for those individuals that are in need so thank you jenny and lisa for joining me today thank you so to start off what exactly is shift and how did it start so originally we started as alston out of the cold in 2017 and we were sort of the brainchild of a local addiction and drug counselor in the community who was working for on behalf of Anchor Point Church. And she was noticing an increase in people needing housing and who were living on the streets, living in their cars in our area. And so she went to the church and asked if she might use the vacant building that they had that they were using for a few programs, but not consistently, if she could use it for a shelter. And uh, that's how we got started. So over the last five years, we've grown, of course, and uh, changed our name, which is now Shift. It's not Allison or the Cold. We've been in the current location now for five years, and we started the first time we opened was November 15th, 2017. Incredible. And Jenny, do you have any more to add about kind of the the story behind it, kind of maybe how you got involved with it, anything like that? Sure. So I was actually brought on right from the early stages uh, in our planning committee. So as a volunteer working towards that end uh, and about partway through the first season, I was hired as a program coordinator. Uh, And so I've been with it right from the get-go, right from the development stages. So over the last few years, we have grown and sort of established a board and gotten our charity status. And so now my role has evolved, obviously, into the executive director position. So I now have, I used to be the only staff. Now I have eight, nine staff underneath me. And then upwards of 250 volunteers that we also have supporting our programming. That's incredible. And Lisa, what's uh, what's your story with getting involved? I also joined right early on. I was looking at something to do, my husband and I, for looking into retirement at the time and uh, leaving my professional position. And so I got involved in this because I was born and raised in Alliston and uh, felt this was a, a worthy cause to be involved with. So I was on the steering committee as well with Jenny. And then as we moved into incorporating in 2019 and establishing a board, I was elected as the board chair and have continued in that position for the last three years and uh, helped the organization gain their charitable status and have been working, you know, Jenny and I work closely together in 
establishing programs and evaluating programs as we move forward. I worked in an executive role, so I give that guidance to Jenny and uh, help to guide the organization to where we want to be, you know? That's awesome. One thing I, I really like to to be able to see and hear is the fact that, you know, we this is the guide to awesomeness podcast. And generally, you know, I'm speaking with industry experts in marketing and social media gurus and all of these people that bring amazing and awesome skills to the table. But I feel like sometimes it's the conversations like this and the the people like the two of you that do just as much for the community and do just as much for the people that you're around. It's just obviously in a different way. And I think it's a great cause that needs to needs to be supported. I hope that our listeners, when they hear about more about what Shift is and more about how they can help, that we we create a, a backing behind it and you know create a sort of an uproar of support to be able to help move things along. Great. Yeah. And I've always been in a volunteer position. And so that doesn't stop you from making a huge impact. Mm-hmm. You don't have to be paid to make a huge impact in your community. Exactly. I was just going to add, Jonah, that, that so through our programming, we provide safe respectful and welcoming of accommodations, meals and supports to those experiencing or at risk of experiencing homelessness in South Simcoe and South Simcoe being the five municipalities that make up the southern tip of Simcoe County, which is the most vast geographical area in all of Simcoe County. Mm -hmm. We are committed through our programming to facilitating further connection to services, resources and community. And so what we really do is rally around the individuals that are in need of support through our various programming, which we can get into in a little bit, but uh, through our various programming that we have to really assist them in making a shift for good. That's our, that's our motto, but um, mm-hmm. just helping them move through life and make a shift in their circumstances. That's a necessary thing that I think is really important that people realize like how integral these sort of supports are in, in developing, you know, a a family sort of style community that we've we've kind of grown up with having um, around this area. I know I've I'm a sixth generation and new Tecumseh. Like I can trace lineage back quite far, and I think it's really it's nice to see the fact that you know we see community growing, but there's there's always opportunities to do more. And I think it's great that there are companies like Shift that are out there doing more and doing the necessary things that need to happen. How exactly would you define? Now, how shift is functioning right now? You know, the spaces that that you're using, the the abilities that you have right now. <laughs> well, we operate four regular programs uh, and three of which currently are operating only in the winter months. Uh, so I'll, I'll give you a rundown on what those are. Um, the first being our emergency overnight shelter program. So it provides uh, emergency overnight shelter to those experiencing homelessness with no alternatives for shelter. And that's for 16 and older. So we, we serve a, a broad sort of spectrum of individuals um, of all gender identities. And um, part of that programming is that we are a housing focused shelter. So our staff are actively engaging our participants in housing conversations to move them as quickly as possible into safe and sustainable housing, recognizing that obviously right now we are unfortunately in a bit of a housing crisis and affordable housing is really at a premium and, and scarce scarce in terms of what's available in the area. Uh, and that was launched, that emergency shelter program was launched as our first program in 2017. Um, the following year in 2018, we launched our community dinner program, which serves anybody in the community in need of a warm meal. 
So that runs in conjunction with our shelter daily for the winter month. Uh, and so it's open to anybody who needs a meal, not just anyone experiencing homelessness. Then we have in the fall of 2020, we launched our outreach program, uh, which is our year round program. Currently, it's the only one that's year round. And that was just in recognition that the community needs are very much expanding and growing. And so trying to meet that need, we've moved along into our emergency or sorry, into our outreach program. And so it's a mobile program throughout all of South Simcoe that makes um, designated stops throughout each one of the municipalities on a schedule, but also just available to meet with individuals wherever they need to provide supplies, supports, resources, get people connected, all that kind of stuff. And then lastly, as a response to the lockdown that was uh, initiated at the end of 2020, we initiated our drop-in program, our daytime drop-in program. And so we've continued again this year with that drop-in program because we saw the merit or the value in the work that was being done during the day for our participants, particularly those accessing the shelter or the ability to make connections and, and make progress towards their goals for housing, having staff available to help them with that during the day. So we have a resource center with computer, internet, phone, and they can come and get supplies, get warm, have a meal, all that kind of jazz. So all of those four programs currently offer are operating in one small space. Johnny, you were in it just the other day. So as you know, we, we spend our days converting that space over um, from program to program. So luckily, the average program being mobile and out of the space, it's not four programs we're converting, but three a day. We go from the day program to the dinner program to the shelter program, all in one space, all of it located in one large room. And so it served us well. Uh, but we have we have known for quite some time that we've we've been quickly outgrowing the space, and we've just we've definitely reached that point in time for sure. Where currently we are operating, our shelter program is has a capacity of eight, so eight shelter beds serving all of South Simcoe. And as I said, that's a pretty vast geographical area and and quite a lot of residents, but only eight emergency beds. We are the only emergency shelter in all of South Simcoe, and the only outreach program and the need is is just keeps growing so definitely the need is there and unfortunately this is our first season i would say our first winter season where we have been at or near capacity almost every day of the season as opposed to our seasons past i could probably count the days that we were full on one or two hands combined over those seasons as opposed to this season where it's been almost every day Mm -hmm. And like uh, operating so many programs now, we're finding too, like Jenny usually works from home or um, remotely most of the time. She's usually in there early in the morning when there's no clients there, does does an hour's work and then heads out because the rest of the time the office is occupied with um, what we call intake staff. So they're working with clients in the daytime. They're out in the, in the, uh, the common area, but they also are doing one-to-ones with people. We have paramedics that visit once a week, which we have to kind of set up just with a, a little bit of a divider in a private area. So they don't have a private room to be able to access that. And we've had a request from a local lawyer who would like to provide some assistance to any of our participants. And so we need a, we need a private spot for that as well. So we, we and outreach, even though they operate Outside the organization, there is prep work that they need to do. There's lots of statistical work that they need to keep up on and 
our outreach coordinator does a lot of that from home on on uh, certain days that he works on all the sort of clerical stuff and the uh, information stuff. So yeah, we we certainly we've quickly seen how we have grown in the last for sure in the last two years and uh, have really grown out of our space that we have. So from what I understand, really, it's we haven't really talked about it all that much, but um, one of the biggest things is obviously the fact that uh, the is it Anchor Point Church is sort of requiring this space back again as well for the things that they need to be doing. And it's sort of, uh, I know some people may see it as a, as a loss with the loss of space, but I personally, I see it as an opportunity. I see it as the opportunity for for community to to really show their support and and be able to to help out with that as well as again an opportunity to find a space that's better suited to your needs. As you've said, you know, you've grown exponentially over the last few years and and now you're finding, you know, you need more private areas. You need spaces for for people that are working for staff and everything like that. You need more space for Again, even with COVID being a factor, if it wasn't, you'd still need more space because there's just not enough room to, to be able to support everything and, and not have to have those days where every day you're having to make those transitions multiple times a day. That I'm sure is one of the hardest things that has to get done every day is, is switching everything around again and moving everything and changing over and over again. You want to be able to be in a space that can function all three factors, even at the same time, if necessary. And we have certainly been very thankful for having the building for as long as we have had, because we we knew that at any point they they may need to regain the space. They used to run Sunday school out of it when we first started, but then our programs expanded to the point where we were there in the daytime and they weren't able to do that. So they have adjusted to our needs over the years. So we weren't surprised and we were already in discussions. We'd already started our planning and development committee and everything, you know, last year with anticipation that we need to start looking for something bigger, whether it be rental or ultimately we we would love to purchase somewhere where we could start to run most of our things and and be able to accommodate our programs for the future. Now the word that we've been using is it's a bit of a serendipitous occasion because ultimately while they need to reclaim their space we also need to find a bigger space. And so sort of a win-win, really. It, it, it's not surprising. We knew that, they, that that day would come where they would need to reclaim that space. But ultimately, we knew we needed to get out and find something bigger at the same time. So yeah, they've been, they've been absolutely just incredible about us utilizing the space and, and, and growing into the space. You know, and initially, it was very much just the overnight stuff. And that was really it. But we've kind of taken over the whole building, really, essentially. And we occupy it pretty much 24-7 from, you know, October through May. Uh, and they've been really gracious and incredible about that partnership with us. And so, yeah, we're just, we're just really thankful for them. And I think this is a, a great segue moment into my next question. One of the things I love to, to think about all the time when I'm, when I'm planning, when I'm ideating, when I'm doing it with groups and stuff is the idea of sort of this blue sky imagery sort of idea, right? Sky's the limit on what you can do and the things that are possible. What would you say are the things you would like shift to be and how would it function? If money wasn't a factor, what would you want it to be? We've done two strategic planning sessions over the last five years, the most recent in 2020. And so part of that, and Jenny can sort of expand on that, 
But uh, we we looked at, we do want to own our own building. You know, we want to have our own building and be able to offer year-round services, not be, what can I say, caged in around the size of the, the facility that we're at and our funds to be able to only operate part-time you know, through the year because the need doesn't change in the summer. It's just uh, it's the temperatures are a little better and people come in tents then. <laughs> but the other thing we, we really would like to get into is social enterprising. And uh, these people that we serve tend to have difficulty getting jobs, retaining jobs. Some don't have licenses. They, some may have criminal records. They may have drug and addiction problems. So the, the thing is, is that they need support to be able to get back into the working environment. And so through social enterprising, we could train people and get them into um, programs where they can learn a trade and then eventually, you know, move on and actually make a great living. And uh, the other thing that we, of course, would like, uh, and especially is a, a problem now with, with the lack of housing is looking at uh, supportive transitional housing so people can move from the shelter environment into a room that we would be able to continue to support them, get them, you know, doing the things they need to do to make that shift in, in their position in life. Then they can move on, eventually moving into an apartment or something like that, you know. So, so we see ourselves even, you know, maybe 10 or 20 years from now, we may be buying apartment buildings so that we can have affordable housing so that we'll be able to move the people from the supportive housing into an affordable apartment and give them, you know, some type of subsidized rent. So I'll add just that one of the other things that we're focused on as well, which we've, we've already been doing for quite some time, but is, is supporting the development of affordable housing units in South Simcoe specifically. So working alongside community partners, the municipalities, and the county to seek and secure suitable land or suitable locations for affordable housing units in all kinds of sort of mixed situations, whether it's an, an entire apartment full of affordable units or whether there's, you know, housing sporadically in different neighborhoods, something like that. But essentially, I'm focusing on what affordability looks like. So where housing costs, shelter costs do not exceed 30% of the household's income. <laughs> um, and really focusing in on that and ensuring that there are these units and that they are increased in terms of um, the availability in South Simcoe and sort of diving in and really supporting the county's goals that align with their 10-year affordable housing plan and the the targets that they have put in place for each one of the municipalities throughout Simcoe County. So Simcoe is is not quite reaching its mark right now. Um, we're we're falling behind, unfortunately. And I believe that that plan is 2024. It's mm -hmm. it's completed. Uh, so just you know, helping to support the acquisition of that and the development of that as quickly as possible. So I actually chair the affordable housing uh, task force for South Simcoe. Uh, and working in collaboration with Contact Community Services and other supportive agencies um, all throughout Simcoe or South Simcoe, including, uh, you know, my sister's place and residents all over the area, the, the folks over at Wow Living and the Bradford Out of the Cold Cafe, all kinds of partnerships are that we come together and we're all working towards the same goal collaboratively and collectively, which is something that we're really 
here in South Simcoe, that's something that we're very committed to is, is although we have our own sort of niches that we're working on in terms of the services that we provide, we all want to be doing it collaboratively because we all have the same end goal in mind. That's kind of what's happening there. And Shift obviously is leaning into that as well, just because we represent obviously those who are at greatest need for those affordable housing units. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Something that we haven't shared openly yet, but uh, the board has just recently passed our budget for 2022. And part of the discussions came to, we were basically paying just over minimum wage to our staff. Um, There's mm -hmm. a few that made a little bit more if they were more in a, a leadership position, but they weren't really making very much compared to other, other uh, industries. So we made a commitment that uh, in Simcoe County, the, the, Living wage is suggested to be $19.05. So we raised our salaries so that our lowest paid employees are actually getting $19.05 an hour and then went up from there depending on the supervisory part of it. But we felt that if we were providing services to people in the community who were fighting you know, with homelessness and issues with food insecurity, that we really needed to set an example for the county in making sure that we give our own staff because most of our staff are young people who are living with their families because they can't afford an apartment on their mm -hmm. own. So it was very evident to us that this is an ongoing problem for sure. Of course. As a millennial, I can I can definitely agree to that. And I know it's the I understand the struggles. Living month to month, living paycheck to paycheck is is tough. And definitely having that more affordable housing situation would make would make things a little bit simpler and 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 just sort of a stress that that isn't necessary that would then help be able to to accomplish other things because you're not worried about that key factor of where where are you going to sleep that night. I'd like to just go over a bit more on the details within the campaign that we've started and then obviously get your your opinions on things and the way things are going and how what you'd like to see more of or less of if maybe we're doing something that we shouldn't be doing. So from our end, I know at Coldwell Banker Ronan Realty, we had one of our agents reach out to the broker of record to meet with Alicia, who coordinated with us in sort of setting up sort of the, the communication behind this campaign and how, how we can support. So now on our end, we've set up a just a form basically for our agents to be able to say they want, you know, a certain percentage off of their commission, a certain amount, dollar amount that they want to donate monthly or they want to donate every once in a while, they're going to be able to put that money towards it or on their trade, whatever that comes off at the end of the month. Anything like that that they're doing, they have the opportunity now to make it a little bit more seamless. So that, that way they don't have to try and figure out and plan around it. They, it's going to happen automatically for them in a system so that we can easily set that up for them. And then obviously we're doing things like this. We're doing you know this podcast to get it out there, to get more communication out there. We've done press releases that have gone out to people. We're going to be doing more social media content and things like that just to help really push this campaign out with this leading shift home idea, which ties into the Coldwell Banker guiding you home process. And the idea that what we're doing is we're helping shift find a new home. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So the amount that we're trying to raise through this capital campaign is about half a mil. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. $500,000 uh, we're hoping to raise. Yeah. And so over um, the next year or two. That's right. And so uh, Alicia has really led the charge on this capital campaign. She's a member of our board and the head of our fundraising committee. 
And so um, she, you know, she's been really working at the early stages of the campaign. She's been calling upon um, everyone within the housing market. So real estate agents, brokers, builders to come on board and help to support us in reaching that goal. We're working on the back end to try and get the campaign sort of publicly up and running. So we're really in the early stages of that right now. But ultimately, the goal is to raise half a million dollars towards our our goal of of owning our own space. We have already been setting aside um, over the last couple of years, 5% of any donations that come in, we set aside for capital so that um, we're not expecting that somebody buy us something. We want to be partners in that and be able to show that that we value the space as well and want to put something into it. So it's fantastic that uh, Caldwell Banker has been our first partner that we're partnering with on this venture. And who better than a real estate firm to do that with to fundraise for a new home? You've been so supportive to our organization and it's great. We, and uh, many of the agents have volunteered for us. And uh, one of the agents is actually who's currently volunteering actively with us is, is assisting us at looking at options for what comes up just so that we can start to see what's available on the market because we really don't know what we need or what we want until we sort of look at a few places and see, you know, and uh, get a better idea of what the costs will be and uh, how we would manage to operate and be able to manage the operating costs of a larger spot. So. It's a great opportunity as well for us to increase our uh, visibility and image in the community, as well as um, for sure with uh, Ronan Realty. Like, you know, I think it's great for them too. Like, it's a great advertisement for you to be able to say that you're helping us. Uh, I think we're a good organization, <laughs> you know. So, yeah, I, I really want to thank um, just you know from my from myself, but on behalf of the board and and, and Alicia, I just thank Colwell Banker for being the first to saying yes to leading Shift Home. This is pretty incredible. This partnership we've struck already, and anybody that wants to know more information is welcome to connect with Lisa or myself, or or Alicia probably would be the better person to connect with Alicia Kalazdi McMillan, who's as I said our, our fundraising chair. Yeah, she, she'd be happy to, to get more, more information about what's going on. We'll make sure to include all of the contact information within our description. So when you're listening to this podcast, just check the description below to be able to get more information, as well as also checking out if you are interested in donating. We do have a donating page on our Ronan Realty website. So that's roninrealty.com. And it is leading shift home is what the, uh, the sort of link is through that. So make sure that you check that out if you're interested in donating. Again, it's important to realize that we all are a part of a, this community and in order to to see the community grow for the better, we have to be be able to support and maybe, you know, you're not able to support with with money right now, but support with a bit of time, right? Coming in and volunteering, taking maybe one night of your week that you're going to go over and you're going to help serve dinners or you're going to help with setups and teardowns, things like that. It's always important to make sure that you're a part of the community that you're involved in. and. Uh, being there for, for your neighbor and for the people that live, live within where you are. So I want to thank you both for joining me today. And uh, again, I'm sure I'll see you again. There's probably going to be lots more to talk about. And as this campaign goes on, you know, my integral goal is to keep pushing this enough that we're able to raise our funds by September. 
but uh, again that's that's a big ask and a big push but you know if we if we keep pushing it out there it's definitely possible yes incredible that would be incredible (laughs) Mm -hmm. all right thank you again thank you jonah for having us Thanks for joining us. Be sure to follow us wherever you get your podcasts to keep up to date with the awesome people and awesome things we talk about. This is Jonah reminding you to be awesome today and be even more tomorrow.